This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. And uh, we're going to be talking about peace today. We've been asking some questions throughout these last few weeks to see, okay, Lord, uh, how are you leading us to be ready for spiritual warfare? And, uh, and we will all have spiritual battles, and uh, we might not have uh, uh, as many worship guides um, just because of the number of people that came first service, but um, we definitely have enough message notes for sure, so we'll make sure that everyone gets some message notes. And, um, and uh, for all of those watching online, um, you can download the message notes at findnewlife.church/live. And, um, and so I want to read this passage of scripture. We've been studying the full armor of God. And it says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. That was, that was the, the, the belt of truth. Having your breastplate of righteousness, we, we covered that last week. Today we want to cover the fact that our feet are, is shod with the preparation of gospel of peace. Lord, I pray that the gospel of peace would be the foundation for our heart, for our life. God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us as we go through this passage. God, thank you for the first service and all that you did. I pray that you would work in this service now. Lord, I pray that you would please, um, Holy Spirit, um, give us the, the fruit of your spirit, which is peace. We'll thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, in the very first week, I talked about the fact that you don't know something is weak or lacking until it's gone. You don't know something is vulnerable until it's hurt. And I use the illustration of the fact that I didn't know whether, whether or not my boys were putting out Legos on purpose for me to step on them on my bare feet. But last night, I had a very, very difficult moment where I stepped on some Legos, and I'm thankful I, I, I didn't see this until I turned on the light, but there were some Legos. I don't think, I didn't ask them on purpose because I, I don't want to know the truth. Um, but I, I don't think they put this out on purpose, but these are some Legos. Man, if you stepped on that little, on that little one on the, on the right, you'd go for a trip. I mean, that would be a, that would be a really difficult one. Uh, the one on the left is equally as jagged. That was a very similar one to the one that uh, is imprinted on the bottom of my right foot. Um, but either way, you know, we all have our weak points. Well, we all have our points where our, our weaknesses are tested. And I believe the last year and a half, the weakness that's been tested is our peace. So we've been asking these questions. Are we ready to surrender? Are we ready for temptation? Are we ready uh, last week for conflict? And, the, and, and today I want to ask, are you ready for peace? How many of you are ready for peace, right? Like, like the peace that only God can give. And that's what is talked about in this passage. And, and there are three truths that are really embedded in this passage that I want to go through um, and, and, and to give peace. Uh, the first is that peace is enabled when truth has traction. Peace is enabled when truth has traction. Uh, I... When I read these words, the, the, when our feet 
shod. I wonder what's the word shod. We don't really use that very much. Like what's a shod or what is being shod? And the word is a very simple word um, that is hypodio. It, it's, it's two words put together. It's to bind, hypo, and dio, under, to bind under. And you say, well, wait a second. I don't tie my shoes under. I tie my shoes over. And you say, well, what's the process of that? Well, the process was a, a boot. That's why I named this battle boots. It was a boot used by the Roman soldiers that he's referring to here as a caliga. And the caliga was a, a leather boot, much like it's on the screen right now. And you would put it on to protect your ankles and your feet in battle. But it wasn't just one boot. The boot would then slip into an outer casing and that outer casing, you would actually push uh, through the bottom of that sticks and sharp, uh, you know, little nails or anything sharp to get some traction. You'd push it through. I don't know if you can see um, at, on the bottom, it wood or, or leather or something hard, they would push it. You see the holes in that? Okay, so that's what it was. So the boot would go on, then the boot would slip on this portion, but that wasn't it. They would take pieces of leather and they would tie them underneath through, they would weave it through all the sticks and, and, and sharp stones and anything that they could push through that for traction. They would weave it around. And the end goal was to get something like this. Now, this is a more modern version, but to get a, a leather boot or a leather shoe, or we would call them sandal, and to wrap that round and round and round with these leather straps. And what they would do is they would tie them underneath their feet. You say, why? Because if you tied them strong enough, that would even help the traction even more. And when you're stepping on, your, on the, the actual leather, it actually would provide even more strength and more grip. They would tie it under. They would bind it underneath. And so that's why he says, your feet should be shod for the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so Josephus, the first century historian, described these, these spikes uh, that came out and, and these boots that they went to battle. And, uh, and, and the historians talked about the fact that it was, it was just these things would be incredibly loud when they were marching on stone. But in the field, that would provide some traction. And the first uh, four verses that we've studied in this series it was all about standing. Remember, stand, therefore stand, stand, having done all to stand, right? Well, this would provide some traction to be able to stand. It would also provide traction to move forward. And the battle boots in our Christian life provide the Christian soldier the peace of mind for every step to be protected and to be able to have the grip to move forward in the Christian life. And so here's a key thought. The only thing that will ever give the Christian life any traction is when truth is in action. When our truth is lived out, it gives our life, our Christian life, some peace, some, some forward momentum. And without forward momentum, you will never have peace. You say, what? Yeah, you'll never have peace without meditating, without moving forward in the Christian life. You say, well, how do we have truth in action? I want to uh, point your attention to Psalm 1. Psalm 1 and verse number 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. 
He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that giveth forth his, bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also does not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So it's the meditating of Scripture. It's the, it's the forward momentum of not just meditating it, but bringing the fruit, bringing the result of that truth into your life. The ungodly are not so. They're like the trath with the shaft with a wind, wind driveth away. But, or therefore, the ungodly shall not stand or won't be able to stand in the judgment. They don't have traction. They don't have anything to stand on. Why? Because they're, what they're standing on is sinking sand, as Jesus said. We stand on the word of God. Now, this is why I'm so excited about Bible meditation groups. I'll do a whole announcement about it later. But next Sunday, we are starting Bible meditation groups. And all we're doing, and we do this every single year, is we're providing our soul and our heart and our peace some forward momentum. And we are, we are meditating on Scripture with one another. We'll explain how it works. And, and we're allowing the Word of God to be those straps which put on the bottom of our spiritual feet that which we need to take the steps forward for God. So we can't stand or walk with God unless we are meditating on his word. Now, let me illustrate it this way, okay? Because uh, how many of you have ever ordered an Amazon package? My, my hands up. Okay, a lot of us, we've used it, okay? Um, and we all know that we use it because Jeff Bezos is getting richer and richer and richer, okay, by the moment. Um, but <clears throat> when you order that, there's a whole process that goes through to, to give you that, to get you that package. And out here, uh, we don't have the elements like they have in the Midwest where I grew up. But every once in a while in the Midwest, there'll be an ice storm. And when those ice storm comes, those guys who are delivering those packages, they still have to bring the package because that's what they have been contracted to do. They're wanting to do it. They are paid to do it. And sometimes it's more difficult than others. Let me illustrate. Uh, I saw a video of a, of a guy, a UPS truck driver, and he was getting out of his truck. And he realized it's just a sheet of ice everywhere right? And so he's trying to push it up there, and he's like, I, he didn't want to leave it in the middle of the driveway, and so he's trying to use his truck, and then poor guy, I mean, this guy gets an A for effort for sure. Finally, he's like, I don't know how to get it up to their door or even up to their garage, so he just gives it a shove. <laughs> and, and then he doesn't know how to get back to the truck, so he just kind of scoots himself, you know? <laughs> now, how many of you are glad you don't have to worry about that, right? I mean, out here, I, we don't have a lot of ice storms, what was the problem there? The problem was traction. The problem was he didn't have anything to hold on to, to grab onto. He didn't have anything to, to get forward momentum. Now you say, why in the world are you showing that? Why are you talking about traction? Because I don't know about you, but maybe you're like me, and sometimes you've lost some traction spiritually. Maybe sometimes you've lost some footing. Maybe you've started really, really good this year with reading your Bible, and maybe you were doing really good uh, in one particular area, or you had, man, you had conquered this one thing that just really kind of tripped you up, and you had really kind of, and then, wow, you fell. You weren't doing so well, and you kind of lost some traction spiritually. Maybe in your relationships, you, you were doing really good and, and you found some traction in your relationships and then, oh man, you just kind of drifted a little bit and, 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 and then there's some tension and then everything just kind of falls apart. And I want you to understand that those, that's why he's saying, listen, your feet matter. Your traction matters. 
You say, well, how do we, how do we get traction? How can we, how, how can we have that security of knowing, man, when we take a step, there's going to be forward momentum? Well, I want to give you an action item, and I would encourage you to circle this. If this isn't something you already do, I would encourage you to do this. There's lots of verses that talk about doing this, and I didn't have, have the time to, to, to go through all of them, but I, uh, David talks about the first thing in the morning. Uh, Job talks about the first thing you eat in the morning is important. And Job said, if I have to choose between eating something healthy in the morning or, or, or reading the word of God, it's better for me to read the word of God. He said, it's my necessary food. And so the very first thing you eat in the morning, um, you know, doctors and, and, you know, people who go on diets, not me, but people who do that stuff and eat healthy and all of that. Okay. They'll tell you the first thing you eat right after you wake up is really important. Have you ever heard that? Okay. How many of you know the first thing you think about right when you wake up is very important? And um, my background's in psychology and counseling, and I've done a lot of study in neuroscience and all of that. And I will tell you something that I know about the brain. This is just how God has made us. Whether you believe in God or not, this is how he has made you. This is how you operate. The last thing you think about before you go to bed is what your mind will meditate on throughout the entire night. And I'd encourage you to, to set your phone aside and, and open up a Bible or use the Bible app, but then don't open up any other apps. Don't go to bed or wake up looking at everyone else's life. Look at the word of God. And, and you say, well, what do you do? You literally read one verse and just think about it and think about it and think about it until you can fall asleep. And if you can't fall asleep, think about another one. And I believe that, that, that it's in your best interest just to come. I mean, sometimes God will wake me up at 2 in the morning, and I can't, you know, can't go back to sleep. And I'm like, what? Why did you wake me up? And, 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 and God will lay someone on my heart or, or something on my heart. I'll be thinking. And so, listen, when you go to bed, start meditating. When you wake up, start meditating. And I believe that you'll see some spiritual traction. Traction in the Christian life comes when the truth is in action. Number two, I want you to see this. And this is about peace. So that's, that's peace. peace. Peace is enabled through truth in action. We can't have peace without the truth. Number two, and I'll, I'll show you why this, is, this verse kind of builds. It says, uh, verse 15, it, our feet are shot with what? With the preparation of the gospel of peace. So, so what do we mean of the gospel? Well, peace is is engaged, it's engaged, it's let loose, it's empowered through the power of the gospel. Peace is engaged through the power of the gospel. I am so thankful that no one person, no one agency, no government, nothing that could ever happen in the world is powering our peace. It is the Prince of Peace, the one who came down to give you peace, the one who gave you the spirit of peace. That is the source of peace, and he wants you to have it. Now, if we don't have peace, and if I don't have peace, that means I'm looking to sources that don't have the power to give me peace. And so we have to back up and ask ourselves, okay, well, it's the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's how I have peace. That's how it's engaged. Well, then what's the gospel? And there's lots of people who talk about the gospel and, and, and you say, you know, well, 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 can you define it? Yeah, it's super easy. The gospel is the good news. Everyone say good news. And the good news is that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again for the salvation of your soul. That's the gospel. The good news is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
So Stephanie, after the first service, you know, she was so excited uh, to get baptized. And, and when she stood in the water, okay, the water's going this way. How many of you know water doesn't go this way unless it's falling, right? There's a gravity keeps the water going this way. Water's going this way. And she was standing in that water and it made a cross, made a cross. And then she went under the water. I didn't hold her there very long because I'm kind pastor, you know, and I want her to live, right? So, so, so she was buried, albeit for a very short second, right? She was buried, but then she, what, she was resurrected out of the water. Now, she had done that when she was a really little kid and, and it, was, it was, you know, it was before her, her moment of faith and, and just, you know, she wanted to have this moment where she showed everyone that, that it was the resurrection of Jesus Christ that, that's powering her life. And so that's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's what I'm so excited about. Uh, and, and it's the word euangelion. And it's one of my favorite words, if not the, my most favorite word in all of the New Testament, because it is a word that they would use um, in Greek, much like the uh, greeting would be in Hebrew, shalom. Shalom was peace be with you, or are you at peace? You could say it in two different tones, right? English, we all, you know, LA County, we have one tone, you know? You good? You know, <laughs> set? All right? Yeah. If someone says no, you don't even hear them. You just, oh, I didn't hear that. We'll just keep going. They say, you know, are you at peace? Elangelion with them saying, do you have any good news? You know, sometimes I ask, what's good? What's good? You have good news? You know, and some people, ah, no, I don't have any good news today. Okay, move on. It was also something that would use as a, an announcement that they would say before they were going to say something specific. So when someone was going to have a baby, now we just, you know, you know blow pink, you know, uh, uh, confetti and um, start wildfires and, you know, you know, whatever the you know, gender reveal parties are doing nowadays. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's a big announcement, right? And so uh, this was that word they would use for that announcement. You know, they would announce it. And I actually, I've been in Greece and I've heard them use this word and it's like, gives, gives me the chills. Like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. You're using Elangelion, like that's my favorite word, man. And I don't even know Greek, right? It's like, that's cool. But it was also used by the Holy Spirit in the New Testament for the best news. The most life-changing announcement. And they keep using it over and over and over again. And why does it say the preparation of the gospel of peace. Well, because when you make an announcement, you would have to prepare to make an announcement. You would have to, you would have to send someone with the announcement. We, we have tools today that give all, out our Elan Gelion, but they would have people with voices <laughs> who would give out their announcements. We have Facebook, they had people. We have Instagram, they had people. And so they, they would have people who, would, who their number one job and their purpose in life was to run from town to town, from place to place, and to give out the Elon Gelion. They would run about. And as they ran through the desert, if you've ever run through the desert, even if you have shoes on, you know that it is a treacherous thing to do. If you run through the desert barefooted, which they normally did, you are going to hurt your feet. There are little prickly things out in this desert, right down the street, right? 
right across this field, you would not want to step on. It is like a Lego, only worse, okay? It is bad news for your feet, and their feet would become so scarred and so tattered and torn and bloodied with this news that they're trying to share, and they're just feet that were people who were giving out Elon Gelion. And people would reference their feet as being beautiful feet. In fact, that's exactly what Isaiah 52, 7 says, how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace. And so to explain this in a far more concise way that I could, we normally use some of these on Sunday night in our Bible studies. I want to take a minute, just 60 seconds, and I want to to tell you how does the gospel connect with our peace? Let's watch this. There's this beautiful poem. It's in the book of Isaiah. The city of Jerusalem has just been destroyed by Babylon, a great kingdom in the north. And all of these Jewish people, they've been sent away into exile, but a few remained in the city. And they're left wondering, what just happened? Has our God abandoned us? Right, because Jerusalem was supposed to be the city where God would reign over the world to bring peace and blessing to everyone. Now, Isaiah had been saying that Jerusalem's destruction was a mess of Israel's own making. They had turned away from their God, become corrupt, and so their city and their temple were destroyed. Yeah, everything seems lost. But the poem goes on. There's a watchman on the city walls, and far out on the hills we see a messenger, and he's running towards the city. He's running and he's shouting, good news. And Isaiah says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring Good news. Beautiful feet? Yes. The feet are beautiful because they're carrying a beautiful message. What's the message? That despite Jerusalem's destruction, Israel's God still reigns as king, and that God himself is going to one day return to this city, take up his throne, and bring peace. So you say, how does Jesus coming to die, be buried, and rise again, how does that bring me Peace. I'm so glad you asked because the peace of God is not possible without accepting his gift of peace. You see, before we accept the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins, we are not at peace with God. In fact, the Bible says we are at enmity with God. We are, we are warring against God. Like you are on one team and God's on another and God is fighting against you and you are fighting against God. But when we align ourselves with him, we turn toward him, we turn from religion. Religion, most of religion is fighting against God as well. And I know that's really hard to sit with us. But Jesus came to teach the religious leaders that what you're doing is you're bringing a system that, that does good, absolutely, but it also does some really, really bad things because it, it makes people think they can be their own savior. See, if Jesus died and what he did was enough, then what religion is adding to what Jesus did is really saying that what Jesus did wasn't enough. And so we have to back up and say, wait a second, to be at peace with God is to accept the gift of salvation, to have that peace. And then once we have the peace of knowing that when we die, and and there will be people all across the world who will die today, today, right now. That's the reality of life that we, I think we all kind of accept now that, that death is inevitable. 
for all of us. We don't know when it's going to happen, right? So, 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 we, so that being on the table, we understand that, that, that we, we understand that when we die, that, that Christ has promised that if we receive him as our Lord and Savior, have a moment where we've turned from sin, turned to him, trusted him as our Lord and Savior, we are at peace knowing anything that happens to us, we are with God in heaven forever, for sure, right? Now, Beyond that, you say, well, I'm a Christian. I've trusted Christ. I'm not trusting religion. I'm not trusting my good works. I'm trusting in God alone. Oh, great. You say, but sometimes I don't have peace. And I go back to the word preparation because it says the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I want to ask, have we prepared our hearts today and daily by putting on the battle boots of peace? Now you say, how do you prepare? How does the gospel, how does this good news prepare us for our everyday battle? Well, when we are focused on ourselves and we are focused on the world and based on what we see in ourselves and based on what we see in the world, we have peace, we will never have it. If my relationship with Danielle is off or there's something between us, it's going to affect my level of peace. But if I am trying to seek to get peace from her, I am putting an undue burden on her that she was never meant to carry. If the world around me has to be all together and there needs to be no financial struggles and there needs to be no things going wrong in the world and no unrest in the Middle East and no pandemic and there has to be everything kind of lined up just for me to have peace, I will never have peace. And you will never have peace. But if we go back and we not, we're not focused on what we do or what has been done to us or what we can do, but we focus on what Jesus has done, then now we want to share that resurrection power and share in that resurrection power. And we want to tell everyone else that, hey, wait a second, there's a source for peace that's great. And we become the beautiful feet of those who want to share the message of peace like Isaiah 52 says. And so the preparation of the gospel of peace is the groundwork. That's the word preparation. It's the grounding. It's the foundation. It's the establishing um, of this readiness, this fitness for anything. You're ready for anything. Like devil, throw anything at me because anything you throw at me is not going to rob me of my peace. How many of you want to be there? Man, I want to be there. I want to be there with, man, something happens, a relationship blows up, uh, something, something goes crazy, something goes haywire, uh, something just is disappointing. You know, the kids throw up, the kids spill, uh, the, the, the commuters are crazy. Um, you know, there's just something is haywire and we are still at peace. Doesn't mean that there's an absence of trouble. There, it means that there's a presence of peace. So how do we prepare? Well, there, here's a key thought. And this is going along with the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus was whipped. He was scourged. He was beaten. He was, he was dragged through the torture chamber of the Roman system in order so he could die the death you deserve to die and provide the life that you could never live. And so peace is found when we are willing to, to, to treat our worries like they treated Jesus. To whip our worries, to, to, to cast down our worries, to buffet our worries, to, to do what, what Satan wants to do to your peace, to do that to your worries, to poke holes in your worries with the truth. That's where 
true peace is found to say, wait a second, this is what if, but let's look at what is. This is, this is what might happen, but let, let, let me look at what has happened. Jesus has died on the cross for me. He was buried for me. He rose again for me. And now I don't have to be burdened by those worries. Now I can be relieved of all of those worries because he has promised that he would be with me. But then there's this burial of, of the blame. And, and, and a lot of times our lack of peace is because we are blaming ourselves or others for what has robbed us of our peace. And I do this, you do this. We, we, it's a lot easier to, 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 to point at other people for why you don't have peace instead of realizing, wait a second, maybe I've lost some traction with the source of peace. Maybe there's something that's not aligned with where God wants it to be, and so he's, he's, he's allowing me to be having a little less peace so that he can get me closer to the Prince of Peace. And then our final choice is, is the choice of just living in and thinking on the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. There's so many verses on this, but Romans chapter 8 and verse number 6 says, To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, to be focused on Christ and to be living in alignment with him, to be spiritually minded is life and what? Peace. Mercy and peace are met together. Righteousness, the right living, the right path, and peace have kissed each other. They're so close together they could kiss each other. You, you, the breastplate of righteousness and the feet, the boots of peace are intertwined. They're connected. Why? Because the work of righteousness, Isaiah 32, shall be peace. It is the peace that comes when we are uh, living and walking according to God's plan. So the truth leads us to believe that, hey, there's a better source of peace. And you say, how can I know? How can I believe? Well, the gospel proves what the truth says, that he has provided a way for you to be at peace with God. But he has also provided a way for you to be at peace within your own self. But you can't hold on to the past and be at peace. And you can't hold on to what that person did to you and be at peace. Because if Christ has forgiven you, you have to forgive yourself. And if Christ has forgiven you, you have to forgive that other person. And if Christ has, has died and rose again for you, there is no reason for you not to walk in peace. And so you have truth in action. Man, that's, that enables peace. And then you have this uh, preparation of the gospel of peace. You have this good news, the gospel that powers peace. And then number three, peace encompasses every fear and anxiety. Now, let me just pastor you for a second. And, and I, even if you're brand new and, and I'm not your pastor, I, I'm, I, I hope that you'll receive this. Um, everyone in this room, including myself, has had so much fear and anxiety over the last two years. And it is foolish and laughable not to act like it hasn't existed or it doesn't exist right now. So let's just have a real moment and say, absolutely, this is where we are at right now. Now, I'm coming from the Bible. I'm not coming from how we're feeling. I'm not dealing with felt needs. Felt needs are great. We wanna, we wanna help them. But the truth is what sets us free. How many of you know that? And so fear and anxiety is a reality. But the Bible speaks of truth encompassing. It has your fears surrounded and you don't know it. 
it has your debilitating panic attacks and anxiety surrounded, and you never realized it. And so my background is psychology and counseling, and I want to just, just provide a, a word that I, I hope that from the, from the Bible, the Bible uses it, it's the word irene, it's the word peace. I want you to latch onto this. Because the word peace is irene, it's, 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 it's a double a compound word, it, it literally means to join together, you know, reine, join together in harmony, to uh, being uh, completely wrapped, okay? It's, it's, it's a heart and a soul that is, that is encompassed, completely encompassed. And Satan is desperate. Man, Satan desires to, like I said earlier, poke holes in that peace. And he does it using people. How many of you know? There are some people who know how to poke holes in your peace. There are, there are, some, there are some situations that, man, I'm, you think about it and your peace just flies out the window as fast as you possibly can. There are some drivers, can I get a witness, who will rob you of your peace. It's like I've been waiting in line for 17 minutes to merge, and this guy, he just decides he either, he, he, either I'm going to hit him or he's going to hit me, or, but he's, he's not waiting, <laughs> and he's going to cut right in front of me. And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, if, this, if Satan's going to use everything he can to try to rob us of our, hum, our, our, our harmony with God and our, our peace, then why does, he use, why does he use boots? Boots of all things as, as a picture. I mean, couldn't have used something else? But no, he uses boots. So what do I have to do? I have to bring boots. Here, bring up some boots. Uh, Jeremiah, grab those boots. And... Uh, but also I'm going to show you what, what we don't have in our culture and, and what they did have. is They didn't have these big, clunky, uh, steel-toe boots, waterproof, I might add. These were a gift. Um, but, but these, through lots of wear and tear, how many of you know they don't have the traction they used to, right? It's just, it's, 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 they're great for, you know, water, snow, whatever. But these have some traction, Right? Some, some, some cleats have like metal spikes and, you know, those hurt. But if you were to put these together, you have the protection of the boots and you have the traction of the cleats all in one, light enough to run, uh, but heavy duty enough to give you some protection. Now you're, now you're talking, right? Now, now, the, now you can go into battle like this. Now, the Romans, even Peter the Great and many other great warriors knew that the secret to winning your battle was in your shoes. Many historians have talked about the fact that these colleagas that we talked about, that they provided a stealth and, and speed amidst the rough terrain. In fact, Julius Caesar once commented the fact that he felt like the greatest technology they had was not their weapons, but their boots. He knew that if you can damage a soldier's toes, he said, they are no good in battle. That everywhere you step, you feel the pain, and every step you take, you have less will to continue. And so let me illustrate it, and then 
will be done. We started with truth. And the truth is that absolute, that is true. And and, and as a teenager and young adult, I didn't want it to be true. I desperately wanted to prove my parents wrong. I dreamed of the day where I could prove to them that Scripture was just such a fairy tale. (laughs) It is such such a scheme. It's a huge Ponzi scheme, right? And then I started to read the truth to disprove it, and I realized, wait a second, there's something that is wrapped around this truth. There's something that's holding up the truth, that's providing some, some sturdy research, and it's the gospel. I couldn't disprove the resurrection. It's, it is why I believe the truth. It's literally why I said, okay, I'm all in. Like, what do I, shouldn't everyone know about this? Like, like this is the truth because you can't, even the Jews and the Muslims say, yeah, he rose from the dead. We don't know how, but we, I mean, you, there's so much evidence. It's a mountain of evidence. It's not just a mountain of evidence that we have today, but we're finding it every week. Every week I get an email from the archaeological associations and they're like, we found another thing that proves the truth. So you say, well, wait a second. How does that, how does that work with my peace? And if you remember right, peace is the wrapping around, the encompassing. And so you have the truth, you have the gospel, but there's something that's, that's holding it all together. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's wrapped tightly together. And, and it is the peace. And, and, and it is that peace that's holding it together. So let me, let me illustrate it with the boots. These Kaligas. You, you have the boot. That's the truth. That, that's, that's the inner core. That's, that's, what's, that's what's really providing you the structure. That's what's fitting your foot, right? That's what fits. That's what works. That's the truth. You put it on. That's the innermost part of the boot. But then the word picture here in this verse is not just the truth, but it's the gospel, and it's the gospel that provides the structure. It's the gospel that provides the traction. It's the gospel that provides um, what, what you use, the power behind it. I mean, the boot would fall apart without the gospel. The truth would fall apart without the gospel. The gospel is the, is the structure. It's the undergirding of the truth. And so you have this boot that, that you need, but you have the gospel that supports the truth. You see that? The cleat wraps around it. And you say, well, where's the peace? <laughs> you, got the, you, got the, you got the truth. You got the gospel. Where's the peace? And the peace are those, those straps that go around and around and around. And they hold it all together. It's the peace that passeth all understanding. And there's so many verses in the Bible that talk about peace. But there's one that I wanted to point to you as we end today. And it is uh, in Isaiah 26.3. It says, thou will keep him or her in perfect peace. Everyone say perfect peace. That's what I'm longing for is perfect peace. It's perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Note the, the, the man who's following God's path. Uh, Psalm 37, 37 says, for the end of that man is peace. It's the peace that is ruling our hearts like a umpire rules a game, like a, uh, like a ruler rules a land. He's ruling, he's calling all the shots. And so we can confidently walk by faith, by obediently just following God's word. Just following God's word. What do you say, God? That's the action item. What do you say? I'm going to follow it. I'm going to follow it confidently. There's a peace that comes when we just decide. 
Yeah, I've been trying to do my own thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's things crazy around me. Yeah, the world's out of control. But the craziness around me doesn't have to mean that it robs the peace within me. I will obey God and trust God with the rest. I will leave everything in his hands. You see, the takeaway is that peace is not a feeling. It's not. Now, it produces a feeling of hopefully rest and, and, and relaxation and, and all of that, but peace, by definition, is not a feeling. In fact, the Bible says peace is not a feeling. It is a gift from God for choosing an obedient life of faith. It is, it is when you just choose, okay, I gotta trust his plan in order to have peace. I, 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 gotta, I gotta be in his presence in order to have peace. I, I have to not allow what's around me to rob what's going on inside me. I, I'm just gonna obey. Yes, it's faith, but it is the fruit of the Spirit that gives you peace when you just decide, no matter how I feel, I know what's real. It's the truth. And this is the greatest source of your peace. When you're in his presence, when you're praying your burdens, when you're beating down those worries, there is a person. He is the giver of peace, and he wants you to have that in your heart and your life. And he wants it wrapping around all of your anxieties and all of your worries. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.